And what um okay. what band is your shirt? I used to go to Metal Sucks all the oh, time, yeah. and they would have the weekly like you know death uh-huh. metal, um you know uh, whatever caption contest or whatever. What's the band? Uh, so this band is called Disentomb. Uh, they're from Australia. Whoa. Uh yeah, I've I've seen them play Dis- once. Disentombed. So no, like, just Disentomb. Disentomb. Yes. Oh, so, so the, the, the act of yeah, the act of disentombing, uh, removing someone from a tomb or something. Okay, wow. You know, your Some tomb thing. robin, your your tomb robins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I those loved bodies, him. Baby, uh, from I down loved him down. Off, uh, uh, Said Hucker Proxy, he was great. Mm-hmm. Tomb mm-hmm. robins. Mm. You, you picked up what I was putting down. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yes, I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I certainly did. You certainly uh, did. What are we all drinking tonight? Uh, oh, so this beer that I have is um, this. It's uh, a Cascade, Cascade Fog ah. Hazy India Pale Ale. I think I've actually been um, accused of. Oh no, it's not fog. Anyway, <laughs> you've been accused of being hazy. <laughs> How dare precisely. you have all those extra hops? Yeah, um, you're too you're too bitter for me, my friend. I know, <laughs> I know. Wow. Okay, we're here. We're all here, and we are. We're here to talk oh, about one of my favorite albums of all time. Well, we oh wait, actually, we're no, we're here to talk about Chinese democracy. No, it's, we're <laughs> we're here because it's the Chinese New Year. Uh, Friday, 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 twelfth. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, it is certainly that date. Uh, the U.S. still exists. <laughs> it certainly does, it. as of <laughs> as of the recording of this podcast, which we are saying is Friday, February. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, uh, no matter what, by the Chinese New Year, America will remain a bit fractured. <laughs> you know how many Americas are there? That's true. How many Americas have there always been? There's the Walmart America. Mm-hmm. There's the Chevy, you know, beer cooler America. Uh, there's the true. NPR, this American Life America. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the art school That's, America, the monster truck that, America. Uh, oh, monster yeah. truck America. You know, the favorite. Waffle House yeah. America. Subway sandwich artist America. There we go. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> essential a sandwich artist that's something that came up for me recently actually somebody was talking to me about that i was like yeah that's that's their job title sandwich artist and they thought i was joking i was like what's funny about that that's that's just yeah. them that's their life they're living that life yeah they went to sandwich art school and everything <laughs> they did they graduated they have a degree in sandwich art yeah okay. welcome and- to the dollhouse you know they had to oh. watch all that stuff to like get through sandwich and their parents were like school. uh you know what's going to happen if you go to art school? Like, you're going to have to ask, uh, do you want fries with that? And they're like, no, nah, no, I don't. I ask if they want chips. <laughs> Sun All chips. Right. Chips. Okay. <laughs> the healthy okay, option. Dad, thank you very much. Snap, snap, <laughs> snap, snap. Yeah. Chinese democracy. Wow. Okay, so can you remind me, when did this album actually finally for real come out? I think you might be getting a little bit ahead of yourself. I mean, we Are haven't we? In- even introduced the podcast. <laughs> we haven't uh, done anything here. You're just jumping straight right into I'm the I'm so excited about it. I just want yeah. to... What, are you trying to get this over with? What's going on, Spencer? <laughs> uh, do you have something to do tonight? No. <laughs> I don't. 
Um, yeah. You know, I'm just excited because it's been a long time since I, I um, experienced this piece of art, and now I get to talk about mm. it with my friends. Cool. It's pretty cool. Um, do we- <laughs> now I feel like a dick. <laughs> That's the idea. Um, <laughs> well, fuck you, Spencer. Uh, you, want to do, you want to do an intro or whatever? Okay. All right. What, what, so, what's the intro? It's gonna be like the, the kind of the same thing. Okay. All except right. we're not gonna we're not gonna say since 2011. Okay. Uh, here, here. Uh, I'll take I'll take kind of your parts. All right. You just announce yourself. Uh-huh. I'll announce myself. Okay. I'll, I can I can I can kind of lead this one through. I think. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britt. And I'm special guest Matt Collins. On November 23rd, 2008, Guns N' Roses released Chinese Democracy. And we're going to talk about it. All one hour and 11 minutes of it. Good God. <laughs> this is getting Chinese a democracy <laughs> no, cast? No. <laughs> A democracy no. cast. <laughs> I, I, I think that works. All right, that's a good intro. Take. The fragile democratic system. We are going to break it down from all three levels. We're going to show you how this government. works. You- all right, so this is now a political cast talking about actual democracy. Democratic. You uh, you have so you have gonna... the guns and judiciary branch. You have the the, the guns and executive branch. <laughs> <laughs> the guns and roses branch is actually part of a, uh, a department of guns and agriculture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, this one was a long time coming, right? Was it? It was, I mean, we've, we've been thinking about talking about this one because, you know, it's the only, I mean, it's, it's definitely the most popular album on which Buckethead will probably ever appear, right? Yes. Mm, good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, that's a thing. That's, uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I know where I was when this album mm-hmm. was released, um, but I want to okay. hear from you, Matt Collins specifically, where you were when this album was released. I was working at the radio station, a radio station that plays Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Great. This was an event. We were (laughs) talking about it for years. Yeah. Literally for years, Chinese democracy had been a punchline. All the way back when Dexter Holland of The Offspring. And now Hot Sauce fame. That's right. Yeah. And they sold all of the um, Offspring catalog to like Live Nation for sixty million dollars or something. Wait, that's insane! What? I didn't hear about that. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, that's good good for good for them. Good for them. Millionaire with a (laughs) chemistry degree, Dexter Holland. Yeah, who needs your fucking Chinese democracy? That's amazing. I love that. And I was on the radio talking about it because not only were we going to play Guns N' Roses, what a big deal, yeah. mm-hmm. but Dr. Pepper, if you guys remember uh-huh. this, offered a free Dr. Pepper to everyone in the United States if Chinese democracy was ever released. I do. I, do I don't remember this. that at all. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, yeah. they, they kind of made through on this. It was, 
It was half acid. I mean, I mean, it was super half assed and no. I've never forgiven them. Dr. Pepper owes me a fucking Dr. Pepper. Clearly, did. yeah. <laughs> More than anything. I mean, I yeah. their website crash. I listened yeah, to Chinese the, Democracy in its entirety today, some people and I, they got, owe me a Dr. Pepper for that. They owe all yeah. of us a Dr. Pepper. I don't like Dr. Pepper. I think it's garbage. <laughs> Um, that's some Forrest Gump ass shit. Yeah, me too. I want, thing, I, want really. I want the Guns N' Roses commemorative Dr. Mm, Pepper yeah, more than anything. Yeah. Like yeah, I want a Chinese democracy Dr. Pepper. Fago, and I would still want it. <laughs> All Fago is butthole flavored. That's why fucking jugglers drink it. Um, and facts. so I was there with all of like the hype and. Mm-hmm. I was like jamming out to Shackler's Revenge on oh, rock yeah. band there you go. because mm-hmm. that was like the introduction of Chinese Democracy. Sure. Right, right. And then we got the first single from Chinese Democracy, and it was called Better. Ah, <laughs> track yes. three. And, and then track we'll, we'll get three. to that. Yeah. And, oh. and, then, and then we never talked about it again. Yep. No. Okay. You know, oh man, wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Britt, where were you when Chinese Democracy was released? This would have been 2008. I was, uh, yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Um, I was still living here in Alaska, living living at home. Probably working at Hope at that point. Yeah, November. Yeah, so I was. Yeah, that's about right. I was living at home. I don't think I listened to this at all when it came out. It wasn't even on my radar. Interesting. Like, I'm pretty sure I remember was, talking to you about it at the time. We probably talked about it. I don't think I listened to it, though. Or maybe I did and I immediately forgot it because I was like, whatever. It's like not really a Guns N' Roses album. And I kind of I, I still hold that feeling. It has some of the feels of a Guns N' Roses album. Some of the tracks are like Guns N' Roses tracks. But it's like, you know, it's an Axl Rose album. Oh, yeah. Really. It's an Axl Rose album, 100%. <laughs> so... I really liked Guns N' Roses when I was a teenager. I thought they were very, oh, yeah, me too. Me very too. I was, cool. I was, I was really into it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember when a couple of songs from this album, from Chinese Democracy, were leaked mm-hmm. onto LimeWire in like 2005. And yeah. like I remember listening to those songs. And those songs eventually did make it onto the album. I think one of the songs was the first track, Chinese Democracy. And then yeah. uh, I forget which ones the other ones were. I think Better was one of them. Um, yeah, I think I, there were three tracks in all Dreams, that got leaked. Uh, was IRS, also called I do Blues. believe, came out before the album. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it was a different version of IRS. Yeah. If you were like really into the weeds uh-huh. of Guns N' Roses, uh-huh. like the the versions of IRS and Shackler's Revenge that are on the album that I listened to today were uh-huh. not the same ones that were on Rock Band and Yes wherever irs was maybe like the end of days soundtrack or something <laughs> yeah, like that yeah. yeah um yeah yeah we're getting really deep into the guns and lore uh yeah so so before we actually uh dive deep into the album uh we're gonna do something just slightly different from what we usually do okay um, you know, we usually uh, usually fuck up and forget we have a bucket. Yeah, fact. yeah. Do we have an axle fact today? Axle facts, axle facts, axle roses a jack off, axle facts. Wonderful. You love to hear it. Yeah, I great. think. So uh, today we have. I like that. I get. I like that. I guessed it. Um. So so to start out with this, uh, axle. 
often and usually on tour travels with his personal psychic Sharon Maynard who is known in his entourage as Yoda <laughs> oh my god what what a Guns N' Roses nickname like it's just so lame that 48 year old dudes are like fuck yes this dude is yoda <laughs> yeah. yo yoda pass the joint like, no problem master. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but, uh, yeah fucking bumble <laughs> fucking bumblefoot yeah. i don't know if we should even talk about bumblefoot even though he's on literally every track of this album yeah like, let's he's... not <laughs> mm. bumblefoot is a poor I'm man sure, i'm sure he's a good guitar player he's, know. A, he's a he's a great he's guitar a poor player. man's buckethead you know? Yeah, yeah, that's about right. He's like the uh, the Joe Bonamassa of metal. He's the great value buckethead. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's um, Doctor Thunder. He's, yeah, he's, he's exactly. the Steve Vai you can afford. <laughs> um, so I wasn't recording a little bit earlier at the very at the very beginning. Would that be a problem, or are we going to be okay? No, no. I actually so I'm actually recording simultaneous audio on all of okay. our tracks for this as well, so I can always punch that in too. So I just wanted to we're jump good. in before I had another we're vodka. All, then. We're all, so, all right, never we're mind. All, yeah, on we're all good, dog. We can I can make it happen. I got I got awesome. recording tools going on. Yeah, you do. Multiple redundancies, bitch. What? What kind of like future does Axel Rose need a psychic for? <laughs> Axel <laughs> Axel Rose doesn't strike me as someone who like steps out of his comfort zone often. Well, I mean, yeah, and well, here's the thing. I think the uh the psychic is usually like, "Hey, there's a uh, there's going to be a riot in the city tonight. You should cancel your show." <laughs> and he's like That's And then he's idea. like, "No." And <laughs> just it anyway. <laughs> cancel your show you should <laughs> think not i will yoda stupid bitch and then does the show anyway no yeah um should we talk about like who axel rose was at this point in 2008 and maybe like who he's become now well i mean so like, th this the thing is like how can we talk about who he was in 2008 because this album was recorded between 1997 and 2008. It's uh, 11 years. It was, it was recorded the over the, the like the span of uh, 10 or 11 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, so, so this, this is reportedly perhaps one of the most expensive albums ever recorded. Just by virtue of like the money the labels put into it? Yeah. Well, so yeah. Um, so they went at least apparently 12 to 17 million dollars over budget and at one point we're spending one quarter of a million dollars every month for several years recording this album <laughs> it was recorded and produced at 15 different studios around la and if you know anything about la recording studios they're not motherfucking cheap yeah yeah, you know what's interesting about this album is it sounds very expensive in parts. Like it, it, like it, it's, or, or it sounds like people who charge a lot had their fingers in some aspect of this. Oh, there was, <laughs> there were. I, I think, I think the one thing I can say is there were more fingers in this album <laughs> than most albums I've ever seen. It is a very. Do you mean than most albums you've album. ever fingered? 
It's it's <laughs> this this album took me to Finger Bang City and back, baby. You know they should have called it Finger Bang City. That would have been a cooler album title. <laughs> oh, honestly. Way cooler than Chinese Democracy. <laughs> uh, just fingering the album. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> no thumbs, all fingers. And GNR. Why do you go to so fingers. many different recording studios in Los Angeles? I mean, how many of them? Do they all sound so incredibly well, different? It was yeah. just passed it's around between metro- so many metropolis. people. Like, yeah, I get well, it. If you record a song in Los Angeles or a couple parts in Los uh-huh. Angeles, and you fly to Chicago uh-huh. to do some shit with you know the guy who recorded in utero, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And then you go to like Tibet, and you know you get some of that. Get those stuff throat going. singers. You, in there, you, yeah. you were talking about Steve yeah. Albini, right? The guy who did in utero. Steve Albini. Thank Fucking, you very much. Fu- yes. you, do you know Steve Albini was an inside job? That's true. <laughs> I'm shocked. I am shocked. I would. Th- I think he would agree with you. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was, man. it was a meme uh, Spencer sent me a long time ago. Someone just wrote it on the inside of a, uh, a toilet seat. Yeah, like the inside uh, of a toilet seat. marker. <laughs> Steve Albini was an inside job, and he just sent it to me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I want those kind of fans. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. honestly, yeah, like I, I just I, I like that energy. Like what? Like Fuck. the person on this album cover who wrote Guns N' Roses in Sharpie on a wall behind a bicycle. Right. Yes. Like, like, I don't, wh- so I don't yes. know what you're trying to say with this, so but uh, apparently that it was doesn't n- seem like a compliment. And the thing is, that was not the original um, art that he wanted at all. Uh, the original art uh, is seen on the alternative cover that you can see on Wikipedia. Oh, oh. And it's like a, a piece oh, of art, and it's called the art cover... It was only released in like a few thousand copies, but that's the one that Axl Rose wanted because he thought it was like more artistic. Um, Interesting. I haven't seen that. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. The alternative yeah. cover. And I, I think it's definitely a cooler cover, uh, in my opinion. I kind of. <laughs> it looks like BDSM latex play uh-huh. uh, with yeah. bugs, uh-huh. which I guess yeah. isn't necessarily a bad no, thing, honestly. I mean, that's true. So, it, it's much better than the. <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West bicycle. Uh, yeah, on the uh, on the new cover. Yeah, I, I think it would have been cooler though if it was just a shot of Axl Rose with dreadlocks. Because I mean, this was like the dreadlock era, right? Like, this is when he had the cornrows, right? Was a corn and the yeah, jersey. Yeah. And the jersey. Oh, jersey, so jersey. Yeah, I don't think he's ever taken off the jersey since, has he? I think he's still a jerseyman. <laughs> he showers with the like jersey he's on. Back to like denim jackets, though. Is he like? I I know he played with ACDC for a tour. Was he denim oh, jacket right. then? Wow, right? I forgot about yeah. that. Well, and that's what's insane is like mm-hmm. Axl Rose shows up on time like they played they had the like, right? once in a lifetime tour yeah. with Guns no, and he, Roses, he showed up Slash to every fucking show are back which is crazy they, yeah. they played exactly what they, the fuck? they fucking played <laughs> yeah. and then he goes out on tour with acdc and he showed up every single time like not a single fan was disappointed it's that, amazing that, in the way blows that me away there, yeah. That show, you know? yeah yeah except they're like wait who's this fat motherfucker um, <laughs> yeah and um and maybe like his lowest moment in my opinion was his 3d concert film from oh. maybe like five years ago wow i forgot was that that uh, was a like guns and roses concert yeah film? yeah because axel uh axel rose slash guns and roses or whatever had oh. a um 
had like a stay or whatever in Las Vegas. I forget what they call oh, that. That he was just performing in one hotel uh-huh. every single night. Well, and they wound re- a up residency, I uh, doing a, uh, a 3D concert film. And when you guys get a chance, watch the trailer for that <laughs> 3D concert film. It sounds amazing. It is it's the most middle aged, <laughs> sweaty, like just got done with the buffet and then kind of hobbled out on stage and still trying to do the snake dancing. Shut oh, I love it. He's, he's just he's like oh, just running out of breath. A, yeah, no, he's such a mess for like what he's trying to do. And it's like, I don't know. There's some artists like Meatloaf where you're like, you're always like, he just brings a crazy energy no matter what. But then like some who just like, have this insane energy and it immediately declines and you're like oh oh that's not so good mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, I, I think so much of axel rose's motivation is anger mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. like that's what made uh, there's only one guns and roses album in my opinion uh-huh. and that's appetite for destruction completely Absolutely. Yeah. just well so, so amazing so you uh-huh. know what i you know what i think this album is really at its heart it's Shackler's revenge, and Shackler oh. is Axel. I mean, like, oh. so a lot of the songs do seem to be written from the perspective of Axel Rose being like upset about something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like, like either heartbreak or just like it's like government I'm be taking my money. <laughs> Fuck oh, you. Like, yeah. Oh, he has. Oh God, he has an al- uh, fucking a line in one of these songs Ooh. that we'll get to. Yeah. So I, I was thinking. Just, I, I bet I, I know like, the song too. I bet we wrote down the same. Line. I it was, it was sorry. Credit. It was track ten. It, sorry. It, what did you say? Yeah. And it's one of my favorite lines of any album ever, and I hate it. What did you say? But uh, it, it's on the track "Sorry," uh, which is a very Buckethead song. But the the lyrics are way too Axl Rose. Tell me, for tell, tell me the taste. quote. Oh, I'm gonna guess it. Let me just shoot one yeah, out real quick. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> me you too. don't know who in the hell, who to or not to believe. Is that it? <laughs> it's actually not. <laughs> That's okay, amazing. One more, one more, one more. Okay. To yeah, hell yeah. with the pressure. I'm not caving in. Something you, around that area. Actually, no, no, no. Wow. Amazing. Um, you ready for That's this okay. one? Um, I know that was beautiful. We're still on the same page with the song in general. Sorry, I was like, I was listening to that tune. And I was like, is this anti-vaxer music? <laughs> it's it's really weird. The fucking lyrics are stupid as fuck for sure. And like, I remember the ones you mentioned, but they're they're not what I wrote down because the one I wrote down was just so dumb. I was like, yeah. I want to know. Tell me. I'm ready. My body is ready. Okay. I'm ready um, to hear this. You close your eyes, all well and good. I'll kick your ass, like I said I would. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, that's so po- much better than poetry. the crap I wrote down. Poetry. That's- poetry. <laughs> I just started, and I was like, I like actually like went back, and I'm like, huh. And I listened to it again, and I'm like... Ah, he said it. I mean, <laughs> I like it in the first it's song. A direct the, the, quote. The first song on the album, Chinese Democracy, the it, eponymous titular track. He says mm-hmm. masturbation in, in like the first thirty he seconds does. of the song. <laughs> it's like the first song on the album. And I'm like, oh, he's already talking about jerking off. Like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then they, I feel like that sets a bar that then the album just like does not get to again like in in regards to like talking about jerking off firstly there's very little jerking off talk in the rest of the album and, and secondly like the first like three songs are 
have like some kind of energy and then the album completely loses any energy for like five songs in a row and then kind of yeah yeah the longest mm-hmm. songs then kind of picks it back up but like i did like that initial like oh here we go guns and roses jerking off masturbation yeah yeah and like <laughs> chinese democracy i don't think it's a bad song um I think it's sleazy-ish. I think like Axel yeah. is at his best when he's angry and he doesn't give a fuck what you think, basically. Yeah, which right. I know that's childish and stupid, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's Guns N' Roses. That's yeah. Appetite for Destruction yeah. all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where there's some pretty cringy, dumb lines in that album, but they work because he sells it throughout the entire yeah, album. Yeah, they just, like, at least there's right. a concept, right. you know? And like, LA sucks, suck this dick. <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is like super, like, very self-indulgent and like... Axl Rose is obviously very impressed with himself. Um, and, like, everything he does in this song, like, at least has him harmonizing at least once with himself. And most of the time, it's not even a harmony. It's just him doing, like, multiple octaves of the same thing just to prove that he can sing real pie. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. And he gets to shrieking parts throughout this he entire does. album. He does. And he's, like, yeah. and he's a confident vocalist. It's just, like, I don't know. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's one song in particular, song eight, that has, like, it starts out with this, like, horrible Scraped. harmonized vocal intro scrap oh yeah, yeah. that oh and that, it's that, like the, the it's, dumb vocal harmonies that yeah are super and auto, it just sounds enough terrible. to be terrible yeah and then it kind of gets chuggy and that that's whatever but also like uh, uh, I, I wrote some interesting notes here song four my first note is oh no <laughs> oh so so song four street of dreams um <clears throat> do you, let's let's try to go in order here so we're not just okay jumping so I, i'll have a i have an opening like comment okay. about the the first song yeah yeah after yeah, hit, like hit the long up. intro yeah right, right. and as soon as those guitars hit that mm-hmm. sound like they were plugged directly into the board yeah, right yeah, like yeah. it doesn't have yeah. any warmth as you know people who don't know what mm-hmm. recording studios are what they do the you guitars know, the guitars sound really keyboard. unusual like it's a very so, like weird so sound here, here's the thing uh, uh here's here's a fact um uh chinese democracy fact um the main riff was written by josh freese Okay, the drummer. Okay. Yeah, the, the drummer of A Perfect Circle, Nine Inch Nails, and uh, at points, uh, Guns N' Roses. Um, but it's just the riff for Money for Nothing. Yeah, it basically. is. It is. Kinda, yeah, it is yeah, that yeah. riff. Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was written by him, and he was like, oh, I just wanted it to be like a real sleazy riff. But uh, Axel loved it a lot, so he used it as the opening riff to his album. But he, uh, he Josh Freese actually doesn't play on that riff. Instead, this track has five guitarists and and most of these tracks on this album have four or five guitarists on them and it's yeah. amazing because where do they go <laughs> there's a couple of parts maybe I mean, in like a bridge yeah, or something mm-hmm. where there's like four guitar solos going on at once yeah. and you know it's yeah. really obnoxious but I mean, it must no wonder it was so expensive you get one riff from this guy and then you paste in another one and, and so yeah dude. you know what one actually, thing that i did notice about it is like despite yeah. like it's you know history and despite the obvious money that went into it like it does sound kind of expensive but it doesn't sound it doesn't sound as like super like hyper orchestrated or like i don't know it doesn't it doesn't sound like it could based on everything that i know went into it does that make sense? It doesn't sound like the most expensive album 
that ever existed in 2008. It really fucking doesn't. <laughs> no. But, it, it sounds like the most expensive album that was ever produced in 1998. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Pet Sounds is the only thing I can, like, kind of uh-huh. think of, or something like Smile. Uh-huh. But yeah. at the very least the composer had an idea of what he wanted, like, which was just more, more, more. Uh-huh. And I feel like Axel just wanted more, more, more and, without and so, knowing what he wanted. Uh-huh. When it came to the actual composure and arrangement, like the strings, pretty much everything, including a lot of the piano, um, there were two main composers on this album. Um, Marco Beltramani, oh, uh, best known yeah. for... The film yeah, yeah, composer. Um, yeah, yeah, he's done a ton of ton stuff. Of, uh, ton of film work. Ton yeah. of film. Um, he's been nominated for two Academy Awards for 310 to Yuma in The Hurt Locker. Uh, he also did The Quiet Place, um, Jonah Hex, Terminator 3, uh, The Wolverine, Logan, Live Free or Die oh, Hard, cool. Resident he, Evil, he, Mimic, he made The some Faculty, really good soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Snowpiercer, yeah. iRobot. Yeah, he's done a ton of stuff. He's really good. Uh, and also, the other guy... Um, a guy named Paul Buckmaster, who has worked a bunch with David Bowie, Sean Phillips, Elton John, Rolling Stones, Carly Simon, Stevie Nicks, Lionel Richie, Celine Dion, Carrie Underwood, That Kenny dude Rogers, is expensive. I know the Swift, song he wrote, Street Heart. of Dreams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, he was definitely like on Street of Dreams. Section. Yeah, uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. yeah, he did a lot of those things, like tracks four, seven, I think. Um uh-huh. Both were, of those set guys sound very expensive. Very expensive. Oh, they yeah. were they were very expensive. Well, uh, they, I mean, like composers, yeah. like film composers and stuff. Like it is my understanding that those a lot of those dudes do like a lot of session work. You know, like work oh, yeah. for like no. uh, on on albums like this. Like they'll do a, a, a like string arrangements and stuff like that. And yeah. I can't imagine it, it's in, it's that expensive to hire a film composer to do a string arrangement for your song. But I mean, they they, they you know. If they're on scale and you just keep them there for months working on the same bullshit, like you got to pay them a lot. That's, like, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, Chinese yeah. democracy first track. It's okay. It sounds weird. It, is okay. it almost. And, uh, I put, my, put in my notes here. It almost sounds like a Guns N' Roses song. Almost, and it was. Um, so apparently, it was Axel's emotional tribute to the, uh, the death of John Lennon. Okay. Okay, this is the problem. Like, <laughs> Axl Rose in this album is talking about his feelings way too much. Oh, yeah. He's, ty- no. he's trying to go inward, and right. he's realizing that there just isn't anything there, or he doesn't realize mm-hmm. it. Maybe I do a little more. But, yeah. uh, right. I want him yeah, to explore, like, uh, you know, getting ahead in an alleyway, like uh, <laughs> Appetite for Destruction, yeah. I feel, like, yeah. really gets at, like... Nothing quite makes me feel like getting head in the alleyway from a girl who I just shot up heroin with and Appetite for Destruction, so... I, I mean, you remember the original, like, cover art for Appetite for Destruction, right? It it had um, a woman who had just been assaulted by a robot. Oh, oh, I do remember that. That was kind of amazing. I very vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, and they, they banned that, and so they just did the, the logo, which became, like, you know... Very iconic, yeah. which is whatever. It was probably really advantageous for them. Probably. And I just got to say something here. Yeah. What's up? Okay. The first three songs on this album are like, ah, this is fine. This is yeah. inoffensive. And then it becomes total fucking dog shit where it's shitty ballad after shitty ballad after shittier ballad. Mm-hmm. And then just for like so much of the album, if they cut out all of the ballads, this would probably be 
fine. But, but with all of the ballads, it just makes me want to die. But then it would only be like four tracks. Like there's what, 12 <laughs> or 13 tracks on this bitch. And like, mm-hmm. it's it's very ballad intensive. And I feel I, like it's... I feel like it's like a bait and switch too, because like the first three songs, you're like, "Oh, okay, this is like almost like Guns and Roses, sure." Mm-hmm. But then it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, this is like, uh, Axl Rose is like singing to my grandma. Like, what's happening?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first three songs, you can almost rock out to. Like, you know, they steal elements from different rock songs. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first opening, like Riffs and Shackler's Revenge. <laughs> I was just like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Mudvayne, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's like... Durner, Barry, Durner, Barry. It's very yeah. much a Buckethead riff, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and he's... he's uh, It's one of the, like, the four songs he's actually credited on. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a song that uh, Bumblefoot is not credited on, which tells me Good. Buckethead did, like, all the guitars except guitar solos, which are Bumblefoot. Mm. I mean, Shackler's Revenge is the only song I basically like. Oh. Interesting. And I don't even think it's the same song that I like. I remember they released it on Guitar Hero. I used uh-huh. to play it all mm-hmm. the time back in the day. As one so if Yeah, and and I feel like this is a different version of Shackler's Revenge. I feel because, like that too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so at least there's rock elements, mm-hmm. even though in like better that breakbeat that they have going like that mm-hmm. chemical brothers break yeah. in the beginning is super annoying at least they're at least axel is trying something mm-hmm. and then from there on out he's just like give me a candelabra and a piano <laughs> <laughs> yes but, big candelabra energy the, the thing the thing about the piano though is the piano tone for most of the album is fucking terrible it's it's like they uh they they um like got an old synth and like chose the uh the it's setting. like one. Of, it's like one of those Korg like sample station. Things, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, from the nineties. Yeah, it sounds like a sample station, and they chose like honky tonk piano setting, and then like put some reverb <laughs> on it. Like it's really like tinny and thin. There's no bass to any of the the piano parts, and like the bass that is there is like very lower mid range. Like it's a poorly mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. engineered piano, it, which blows my goddamn mind. Um because uh, oh, God. because it costs so much to make. Do you, do you want to know how much it costs to make? Uh, we're going to do an Axel Fact. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> Hit me with an Axel Fact. Axel Facts, Axel Facts, Axel Rose is a jack of Axel Facts. Um, so in 2005 alone for the entire year when they were recording the album, the monthly payroll was approximately $11,000 per band member of which there were 7 at the time wow $6,000 per studio tech and $14,000 for the chief engineer on the project okay no wow insane and that is that for the whole year or is that per month that that was uh per per, per month per month wow. Per month. Wow, that's 11, a good gig, 11, dude. Like, I would, I would play in Guns N' Roses for eleven k a month. Holy and that, fuck! And that was that was just to like play music in the studio. Like they also yeah. like when they were touring, they were making more. At that, it's a hell of a gig. Yeah, it's a great gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. What was Axel Rose getting paid? Was he paying himself? Do you think in like Guns and Roses Corporation? Is this his version <laughs> of an Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> he just, he's yeah, like, yeah, where he just uh, hires all his friends and just milks all the money from the studio. Do, do you, yeah, do, the Axel Rose Zaibatsu. Do, you do, know, do we really actually think <laughs> Axel Rose is friends with any of the studio <laughs> musicians with which he plays? Maybe, maybe. Do we think guitarist. Axel Rose has friends? Let's. <laughs> That's a good question. Go back. He has, he has employees who like he's friendly with i think but like mm-hmm. i don't know he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't strike me as the friend type of guy and he also seems like a terrible project manager with like how long this project was in you know incubation you know yeah. what i mean like I, I don't know um by the way uh <clears throat> going back to something we were talking about just a little bit earlier dave navarro um mm-hmm. He was actually contracted to play on this album and brought into the studio uh, for like a tryout uh, wow. in 1999. Um, and he, wow. he, uh, he um, didn't cut it. Apparently, <laughs> Clearly. He, he, he didn't cut it. And uh, he said he, uh, he spent like an hour and a half at the studio and it just didn't work out. Only an hour and a half? Wow. Yeah, he right? must have shown up drunk. Yeah, either that or, or not like, drunk enough. Yeah, or he like came in and he listened to it and he's like, "This sucks," and left. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're assuming Jane's addiction. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, this wasn't "Whoa, flowing. I'm sorry, this guitar part's too good. I can't play this." <laughs> yeah, Jane's addiction is always about like the chords, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't really remember too much technical. I mean, uh, on the neck type of stuff. He does a lot of like bluesy ass solos with a wah pedal. He, I mean, he's, he's very much like a uh, a budget Kirk Hammett. Um, okay, okay. In, in his okay. lead playing, uh, should have gotten Kirk Hammett back in the day. Yeah, you know, right? there some we kind go. Of monster was right around the corner. <clears throat> like, yeah, you know, hell yeah, he was California. You've done it. Yeah, yeah. You can find him. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, another uh, four years prior to that, though, another guitarist who was uh, tried out for uh, the album is someone who we talk about a lot. Uh, oh, Mr. Zach Wild. Oh hell yeah! I, oh uh, man, that's actually a pretty good fit. I, mm, I think. Yeah, but this was actually uh, at the time when Slash, uh, Duff McKagan, and Axel were all still, you know, together in the band, and so. I don't know. It it would have been, I think, a little bit weird to have a Slash and a Zach Wild in the band, because yeah, Zach they're Wild kind is, of like interchangeable in a lot of, of ways. Yeah, I I feel like Zach Wild is definitely technically the better guitarist and like better musician in general. Uh, Slash is good though. Um, he doesn't have a hat though. Zach Wild has that oh. vest. Mm-hmm. What that you see all the dudes with at the shows, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like, ah, mm-hmm. Slash's got a hat. The the uh, yeah. the the vest that says from like ninety yards away, I definitely have bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. You're looking at him like, is this person racist? And then you get a little closer, you're like, oh no, 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 okay. no. They're just, like, they're just they're just a BLS fan. Exactly. No deodorant, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like Slash. I mean, yeah, he hasn't really had any hits or anything, but I really appreciate that he's the perfect guitar player for that certain kind of person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like he's always going to have a career. He'll put out some albums with Miles Kennedy, and you know what? They'll be fine. He does a little, you know, pick something or other. I don't know. Uh-huh. They're ca- they're catchy, yeah. uh-huh. and supposedly Guns N' Roses might be making 
new music this year. And, uh, oh, excuse me. I haven't I heard, have. about, that. I I haven't heard about that. Oh, you haven't? I, yeah. I guess I don't well, keep means, up on the axle facts. Who knows? Who knows, honestly? Yeah. But yeah. everyone's yeah. in lockdown. No one's making any money. And they got together, I mean, you know, for the tours mm-hmm. and they made enough, they made some coins. So anything's possible, especially with this new Axl Rose that we seem to have who will show up to places. They I may know. record it separately mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. entire time, but, you know, we might get something. Yeah. And yeah. I think. I think someone to like argue with Axel is probably a really key ingredient to this because no one's argu- no one's telling Axel no in this, mm-hmm. and it is just nothing but high range. I have never heard <laughs> a more shrill album that didn't yeah. come out of like a SoundCloud. Right. It is like all shrill, but like whenever he can, he takes the chance to just show off his vocal range. Like he does so mm-hmm. many three part harmonies in here where it's all the same note. It's all just the tonic. And he's just like, I got a low voice. I got a mid voice. I got a high voice. And uh, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just like, whatever. Like we get it. <laughs> Axl Rose, you have an incredible range. How about instead of like focusing on like showing us that you just like make a good vocal harmony, please. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Street of Dreams has that all over. Uh, oh like, yeah. Oh gosh. I thought that song was so funny. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's my favorite of the album that I am never going to listen to again. Mm-hmm. But I sure uh-huh. had a great time. Yeah. When I was yeah, listening that, to it that the one, first that time, because is... he's just topping himself. He's like, I could go higher. I could go higher, and eventually. It's just a dog whistle, you know, eventually <laughs> there and kind of like the, the bridge area. Yeah, I, I actually wrote that in my notes. Like, uh, this is probably the best vocal song on the album. And there's like ridiculous. I mean, it's actually the least ridiculous layering. Like, it's it's the most raw vocal tracks on here, I think. But he just uh-huh. flexes his range. He just goes like up and down and up and down. He's like. <laughs> Oh, that was terrible. Oh, my my God. My range is... I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And he, he, he doesn't actually say any one word. Mm. Everything just bleeds into the next one. Yes. The entire... The lyrics <laughs> of the song is one run-on sentence. Yeah, he, he slurs the lyrics. It's great. Um, yeah. Uh, and, like, yeah, I uh, one of the verses alone, he literally covers four octaves of vocal range, which is... Yeah. Pretty nutty for anyone to do. I mean, like, you know, like Mariah Carey does that shit just because she's like, I'm going to sing down here. Whistle voice. And, uh, Uh but, you know, for, for an older guy, a guy like in his forties or whatever, that's, that's, that's impressive, you know? And the songs aren't even catchy. At least Mariah Carey. Can bring a good pop mm-hmm, ballad. Mm-hmm. There's nothing poppy in this. It's Elton John slow jams. It's not yeah. a crocodile rock kind of energy. <laughs> it's all candle in the wind the entire God. time. Can, can you imagine if he took a hard turn to like a fucking uh, Elton John type like happy music, like Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting type shit? I think his audience would probably like it a lot. A hundred percent. Like fucking like Guns N' Roses fans would be so on board. Like honky tonk fucking rock and roll songs about like fucking street fighting and doing heroin in alleys and shit. Like yeah, like finger banging uh, chicks. Like finger banging love city. stuff like that. That that's Rocket Queen right yeah, there. That's finger bang city, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Um, you brought up Better earlier, and I got to talk about this song because this is my favorite song on the album. This is unquestionably, I think, the best song on this album. It is the only song that I have gone back to really? to listen to outside of listening to this to talk to y'all about it. Um, they, just because I was thinking about that song and how weird it is, I just needed to listen to it again. And I listened to it one day like four or five times because I was like, why does this song get stuck in my head? It's so weird. And it's just like, I figured it out. Okay, this is what I like about it. I like the verse section in that song a lot because mm-hmm. it has that kind of cadence where it's like, it's got, it's got like a, you know, it's got some, some movement to it. And none Kansas, of like Renegade, you know? Sure, exactly. Or like a Survivor type song, you know? It's like, I'll the tiger. You know, it's, it's got that kind of a vibe. It's got kind of like a marchy kind of like, like rhythm an, to it. An, an anthem type. An anthem, and it's like oh. the one of the only songs on the album with any energy, <laughs> and like that's the other thing about it. Like the everything else just is like old man, you know, Viagra boners in bed. Like it's Ooh. it's very, the, it's no energy. This is a Bluetooth <laughs> of an album for certain, uh, which brings <laughs> us to our first sponsor. <clears throat> um, How's Shut your boner, up. Spencer? How's your boner today? <laughs> uh, I'd like to know how your boner is and if it needs any help. Uh, we're going to talk about Blue Chew? Is that today's sponsor? No, we're talking about BlueChew.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That's what it says in the copy. Dude, um, I've been seeing, I've been hearing ads for that on like every podcast I listen to lately. Yeah, like, yeah, what because is that's the only place that will um, support shitbags. Uh, which is probably who you listen to. So anyway, um, how's your boner, Spencer? <laughs> Tell me about your boner, please. No, no, thanks. Do you? Did I send you the copy? I don't. What do you? <laughs> how's your boner, Spencer? I, I sent you the copy, right? How's your boner, Spencer? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really appreciate Spencer you just not doing it. <laughs> like I would, if he had asked me, how, like I'd just be like, uh, "It's terrible." I don't know. What do you have me? How do you think? <laughs> How's your boner, Matt? <laughs> it could be better. <laughs> Great answer, BlueJuice.com. Uh, I don't listen to Come Town, so I've never heard this commercial before. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I hear it's a very good podcast. I don't it's it's it. um it's three guys accusing each other of being gay and like singing pop songs about like having boners and sucking dicks and yeah. Coming in it's um and, yeah. It's it's fantastic and I listen to it every week. I have never listened to it, but I have a friend who's very into it, and he sends I me bet, um, I bet you clips do. from it. A I lot. bet you do. There's there's some there's some fun moments. Uh, I mean, the the guy who like hosts it, Nick Mullen, is actually a pretty great impressionist, um, especially like mm-hmm. on the fly. And uh, and then they have a guy named Stav who um, it just has a great laugh, and uh, like every comment he makes is like, "I'm gay," and that's it. Or like, yeah, he's like missing a tooth, and he's. He, I think uh, he got know, that fixed. Actually, with like, like a gold chain. Yeah. Like I really, in uh, a mustache. Like I really <laughs> oh, appreciate yeah. what he's 
doing. Yeah, he, he's like Harmar stu- superstar he, on. Oh yeah, hundred like percent. Some sort of nasty drug like Salvia Harmar Ooh, superstar. Or, or, maybe. I, yeah, he, I think he's he's more of a he's he's a he's a kratom uh, version of Harmar ah. superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Kratom. I haven't I haven't heard that word in a long time. You don't hear it, dog. Uh, you just do it. We had we had a great conversation last night about Kratom Pussy and it was a time. <laughs> do you like put it in there? No, no, no. Just just like, you know, fucking girls who, you know, like take a lot of Kratom. Spencer Spencer did. I, I, I never have. I've never even fucked a guy who does Kratom and like that'd be so on brand. I, I, I did hook up with somebody at one point last year who we was like, Hey, we should have sex and I was like, Cool. She was like, Hold on, I gotta take some Kratom first. What? <laughs> Spencer, you know, I mean, this, I would this, love to hear about this sexual exploit. I do have just a question for you. Hit me. Do you put your hair in a ponytail when you like, go? No, feed? no. I let no, it. I let, let it ride, dude. Yeah. yeah when you, you have know. long hair, you can just kind of like let it flow. You get used to it. You get used to how cool. it goes. But also, I, I kind of do the thing where I like put it all to one side and just kind yeah. of avoid that o- side. O- you honestly, know? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when I yeah. when I eat pussy or butthole, you know, whatever whatever, whatever <laughs> hole I'm eating. Um, Whatever the choice is, yeah, yeah absolutely. you got a yeah. smorgasbord I, I, of holes. I usually you do, know, yeah, I usually do put my hair back, just you know, so it doesn't get in the way, doesn't ever get mm-hmm. in my mouth. It's just one less cool. thing to worry about. And then you know, sometimes you know they grab the back of your head and it comes out, and you're like, whatever, we can work with that. We can yeah. work with that. But I have We're so gonna much... improvise. Uh, Let's do some kratom real quick. The, well, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, now like, that I'm down here, <laughs> I still have so much like residual bleach in my hair that, like, if it gets inside of their pussy, I guess it will like maybe uh, help them not get the hepatitis B C that I have, B- the B C rich <laughs> warlock that I have. Uh, <laughs> We really that should name this ep- rips. We really should name this episode Hepatitis BC Ritual. <laughs> and drop D. Yeah, there you go with flames on it. Like, yeah. You know. Hell yeah. Hey there, bot slogs, friends, and bucketheads. Unfortunately, but maybe fortunately, Matt Collins has been such a fantastic guest that I can't cut enough material to fit this into one episode. So we are going to end this one here and uh, just look on your feed for a second episode. I'm going to release them both at once. So uh, it'll, um, you know, give you a a chance to uh, take take a break like us. All right, well... Thanks for listening. Enjoy the next episode. Boy!